Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are great things in any business. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business fast. I'm really excited about this week's show. My special guest is Justin Christensen, an expert at getting and keeping the competitive edge and a lot of different things around the uh, internet space. Justin is a 14-year digital marketing veteran and number one best-selling author of Conversion Fanatic, How to Double Your Customers, Sales, and Profits with A-B Testing. Justin is also the co-founder and president of Conversion Fanatics, a full-service conversion rate optimization company, which helps other companies get more out of their advertising through data-driven optimization and split testing. Justin, that's a mouthful, man. <laughs> that's a lot of big words <laughs> in that intro. Well, sorry to have to do that to you, I guess. But I, <laughs> think, I, think, I think you handled it like a pro. It must not be your first time around. Yeah, I've done a few interviews, but um, I, I, so for the folks listening, I just shared with Justin, we were both just a little bit late coming to the interview. Well, we'll say we're on time, but I didn't have my usual time to at least re, you know, do a little uh, research. I'm, I was reading it cold, and man, conversion, fanatics, and optimization, a lot of big words in there. So, yep. hey, congratulations like to on make your it book. A little bit difficult. Yeah, well, thank you. It was... Um, Kind of a blessing. When did that come and, out? Uh, um, September we released it, um, mm-hmm. and just had just phenomenal feedback. We jumped to number one on several different categories up there with some pretty big names, and uh, very fortunate that uh, it was received as well as I as, as it was. So you're a 14-year digital marketing veteran. So tell us about your early journey. Was that your foray into uh, entrepreneurship? Did you do something before then, or did you just kind of jump into the online space right from the get-go? Um, well, I was kind of entrepreneurial growing up, you know, baseball card shops and my tiny little town in rural North Dakota, um, and, you know, lawn mowing services. But I actually got introduced when I was touring in a band, of all things, um, in my early 20s to network marketing. And that's kind of how I got my eyes open to a much bigger world of what, you know, is business. And I figured out that I'm I wasn't cut out for that ball game. So uh I found the internet to help me generate leads. I wasn't about to go knock you know, knock on doors and run into people in the bookstore and things like that. Um so I uh, found the internet through lead gen and kinda quickly moved up the ranks through affiliate marketing and then released my own programs and uh Got partnered up with a an information marketing company where I became one of the partners there, and we grew it into multiple millions of dollars in revenue. And I sold it in 2009, and that kind of led us up to where we are now. 
Wow. Man, that's quite a story. So let me go back to the important stuff. What what kind of band were you in? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were a country rock kind of mix. We played a lot of covers. Uh, I was the bass player and singer in that band. Um, Eagles, Poco, yeah. that kind of stuff? Uh, we played some Eagles all the way to Metallica. We had a fiddle player, so we played Dave Matthews, Charlie Daniels. We played all sorts of different stuff. Alabama. And, we played and what, what did you play? Uh, I played bass and sang in that band. Oh, good for you. Yeah, my oldest son, who's 33 now, when he graduated high school, said he wants to, well, I always knew he wanted to be a rock and roller, but uh, he said, yeah, we're going to, they had this old beat-up van, and the five of us are going to drive around the eastern part of the country, and I said, well, he expected me to give him some crap. I said, you know what, go do it, man. I hope you, I wish you a lot of success, but, it, you know, I said, you're going to blink, and you're going to be 40 with a mortgage and kids, so chase that dream now. <laughs> Now's the time yeah, to luckily, do it. Yeah, luckily... Luckily, I got that out of my system when I was in my early 20s, and the band life's a rough one, you know, playing three to five nights a week, and it, it, it's not very fun yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as the stuff that goes around the shows. But, uh, you know, wouldn't change it for the world. I've had a lot of great experiences out of that. So um, you talk about how to you your company uh, helps people double their customers' sales and profits with A-B testing. Tell Tell us a little bit about that. So we are a full-service conversion optimization company. So we essentially help online advertisers. They know they should be split testing. They're just not really sure how, or maybe they're just running out of ideas on what to test. So we basically provide the bandwidth where we'll come in and we'll analyze existing conversion numbers, uh, look at visitor behavior, user behavior on site. Uh, we'll do competitive analysis, further market research to kind of bring a third set of eyes because, you know, oftentimes companies get very close to their product or service and they kind of overlook a lot of the simple things, um, as you probably know from being a business coach. Um, and then we boil that all down to, into kind of where we need to start testing and the highest leverage point, and we actually roll out tests on behalf of our clients. Are you um, primarily in the pay-per-click test, or are you also? Do you guys also do Facebook marketing, or? Um, we work in a. We work primarily with the paid channels. Um, mm -hmm. Facebook, you know, Google PPC, Google Display, uh, YouTube, content native ads. Uh, but we mostly focus on on-site and getting the most out of that advertising. Um, you know, companies might already have a budget; they're spending, you know, twenty-five. Fifty, hundred thousand dollars a month, and we come in and help them make their advertising more effective, learn more about their visitors, and then, in, as a result, increase their, you know, average order value, lower cost per acquisition, and uh, increase conversion rate. What's What's a good customer for you, Justin? Are you working with um, large companies like corporations who have no clue what they're doing? Are you working with uh, entry level entrepreneurs who are just kind of getting their feet wet and everything in between, or do you have a, is there like a sweet spot? Um, sweet spot, I would say it's probably it's kind of a big sweet spot, but it's probably five to twenty five million in revenue. Um, we mm -hmm. have worked with companies up to two hundred million, um, and you know, and up in that range, and we've got a handful kind of in between. But, yeah, we work primarily with, uh, I would say, about 75% B2C customers that are, you know, e-commerce related, that are generating leads and sales online, and then about 25% B2B if they've got their traffic figured out, you know, software as a service and things like that. 
Right. Um, so somewhere I was reading, um, you help companies get a competitive edge in a very noisy world, and it really is noisy. Um, you know, when mm-hmm. I started getting into the online world, um, I think probably in 2006 or so, it was already noisy then, but man, I would I would give anything to have those kind of open rates and and stuff oh. like that. Oh, oh yeah, you were God. just catching the uh, the tail end of the wild wild west. I know. My you know my big dream would have been to start in 2001 or two like some of the other giants. But um, so how do you do that now with somebody? I mean, I forget the latest stats about how many videos go up every single hour of every single day and and things like that. What what's the process of Somebody who, uh, well, let's you know, take any company. Somebody that uh, you know sells hamburgers, frozen hamburgers, or something. What is the process you go through? And don't share anything proprietary, obviously. But how do you help somebody, you know, stand out? Well, I mean, there's studies that have shown that you have, I mean, in a normal conversation, it's about seven seconds to keep and or get and keep attention of a visitor or you know somebody you're talking to. Online, it's less than three per, or three seconds. So you have very little time to capture their attention. We're being pulled, you know, you log into Facebook and you see 500 ads in your news feed. You go to any website that's just scattered with with advertisement. And it's really understanding what makes your visitors tick. And it's just old school marketing. And it really does come down to the basics still. Um, what we typically find is just understanding those pain or pleasure points of the visitor and you know people only buy for two reasons and that's to avoid pain or gain pleasure typically so just really connecting with that and leading with the benefits of what's in it for them uh instead of really tying it back to what the features are of the product or service and you know how great we are um and then there's also a level of education on top of that you're seeing a big rise again of native advertising where people are leading with content first and then enticing them to go through to the next step, whether it's, you know, to opt in for something or, you know, to, to make a purchase on, on a product. So there's a little bit of level there. But as far as getting the attention, it's really understanding what your competitors are doing and then how you are different in the market as well as how your product or service kind of stands out and what's your unique selling proposition and really leading with that, tying it back to benefit. Is, um, has anything changed as far as the pain and pleasure? Are more people running away from pain uh, than running towards pleasure? I think that's always the way it's usually been. Has that changed, or is that still the way it is? I think it's still, uh, I mean, pain typically sells quite a bit better um, than, than pleasure. I mean, it really depends on the market, I guess. I mean, if you're marketing cruises, for example, that's more of a pleasure sell than than a pain sell. But, um, yeah, for the most part, we find that it's mostly identifying with the pain points and why they're struggling and how these things can make it better. When you're doing uh, A-B split testing, are you – I mean, they always say, you know, some of the experts say, um, you know, you don't want to change too much. Change one word, one headline, just swap out a picture – um, first of all, do, do you agree with that? I'm a firm believer in the incremental changes. Um, I'm not a big fan of multivariate type testing. Um, we okay. have some clients that try to push us to do multivariate, but you get mixed results. It takes forever to get conclusive results. 
um, and then you could find out that you're basically back at square one by the time you run this big crazy test. So yeah, we typically go towards changing the small things first, and we let the data kind of be the guide, and then back that up with our best practices from you know running over 1,500 split tests or so in the last couple of years. Do you ever split test um, a pain and pleasure ad, or are you always split testing you know like a smaller a smaller variant? One, like a headline or picture against another one? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll take different angles. It depends on how well the product is, you know, moving in the market. If there needs to be something, you know, bigger, we're looking for maybe a bigger impact, we'll test a little bit different angle and maybe go towards a, a pleasure and, and and seek out that. But for the most part, we kind of stick with what they're doing and then testing the how the users interact how they react, how they respond to different things, and then just learning from every single test more and more about the visitors. Gotcha. You know, you have something I know you talk about, I believe, in your book called the uh, Five Pillars of Success. Can you talk a little bit about that, Justin? Yeah, so five pillars of success are, you know, typically a hungry market. So you have to really make sure that people are seeking out what it is that you have to offer. You know, the old saying, you know, find something that's selling and make it better and then sell that. Um, and then you move into, you know, the, the viable product. Your, your product has to basically deliver. Is You know, it should go without saying, but there's a lot of junk in the marketplace out there. And, you know, just over-deliver. And then having your systems and processes in place are a lot of things so your business can run like a business. And... I kind of break that out into the last three steps. It's you normally have your traffic systems, your operational systems, and then your optimization system, uh, where we kind of break those out into buckets. So just really having a process behind taking your hungry market and delivering your viable product to them, leveraging systems. How do you determine if there's a hungry market? That's, that seems to be the question a lot of people, especially newbies, have. How do you how do you know if it's worth going into a certain market or developing a certain program or whatever? Um, if there's a bunch of different products being sold, is typically the first catalyst. I mean, it's it, it's pretty simple from that standpoint. Just go in and if you're thinking about going into a market, just type into Google and see what's selling. You, if there's people mm. advertising for it. Um, go out to maybe some affiliate networks and and see, you know, there could be some cost per acquisition CPA networks out there that have these offers running and just see kind of what's being advertised in the market, um, how saturated it is, you know, what the cost is. You know, you can use spy tools and different things to see what keywords are being bid on and kind of how much those keywords go for on average. And just really understand if somebody's already buying it and somebody's selling it there, and you could see maybe a company spending a quarter million dollars in advertising on these handful of keywords, you probably know that they're doing pretty well. Um, right. So you just really understand exactly where the market is. And if, you know, I typically shy away from if it's kind of a new groundbreaking type product or offer, you know, maybe a startup or something like that. Those typically have a little less traction. We worked with one last year that kind of created a new category. And it was a grind um, to really try to identify what the market needed and what messaging really um, corresponded with what they, their pain points were. 
and how this product interacted. So, you know, just really finding if there's something selling in the market, chances are, you know, there's there's a pretty big market for it. You know, you also talk about um, how to double leads and double sales through website optimization. I mean, that's a that's a pretty bold claim. Not that I don't appreciate bold claims because I use them myself. Mm-hmm. How is is that really is that really attainable? Absolutely. Um, you know, we've seen it on quite a few different occasions. We had one company that was, you know, basically sucking wind on their their business. They were spending too much to acquire customers, and we were able to grow um, them by about sixteen hundred over sixteen hundred percent in about ten months. Um, just through optimization, we've had you know another software as a service company where we've seen 200% increase across all of their lead generation efforts just by testing and identifying more with the market and making it. I kind of go by a, a little bit different process that you just kind of think of it that you're holding somebody's hand and you're walking them through the process, continually selling them on the benefits all the way through to the end goal that you want to achieve. Got it. You know, in your book, um, it's one of the later chapters. It's called The Myth of Free. Um, you know, are you are you basically talking about, you know, the free report, free this, free that, just offering stuff free for to get the opt-ins, or, is there, is, or is, are you on a different angle? Um, well, it's more on the myth of free advertising or free traffic. Okay. Um, you know, there was – a period there where everybody was advertising, you know, get free traffic to your site, and they were, you know, touting SEO and, you know, other elements, and it all comes at a cost, whether that be time, effort, and money, but there's never anything straight up as free. And usually with those free methods, it takes a lot longer to gain traction. You know, for example, maybe somebody goes out and it's like, oh, all you need to do is start blogging, and you're going to get all of this free traffic. Well, they don't tell you that it's going to take six, nine, twelve months to start seeing any results from your initial efforts. So it's a lot of that consistency and repetitiveness in, you know, con- you know, just really pushing out that content and then having a system and process to actually make it work for you and impact you. So there really isn't anything free. Um, if you look at it on that scale, yes, you might not spend a bunch of money on it, but you're going to spend a bunch of time and effort on it. I know a lot of um, SEO guys talk about the you need to be a consistent marketer, you know, as it relates to pumping out content. Um, mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? And, I mean, is it more important to put out one blog post a week every week on the same time, or are you, if, if you do two one week, three another, and one another, does, how does how does that impact your uh your search your search ratings um i'm not the greatest seo person out there anymore i mean i used to play in that game for a few years but um we really haven't seen any differences in speaking personally from our business we've just tried to push out a lot of content on a pretty consistent basis and i mean last year we published over 110 blog posts on our blog so we were pushing out a lot of content um, just to try to help educate the market, not necessarily for the SEO rankings, but just really help further our positioning and why people need to really be optimizing their sites. Right. Um, 
One more question about your book. Uh, chapter five is called The Tipping Point. What, are, what is the tipping point? Is that a, as you start to get results or is that the tipping point in your in your business overall? Uh, tipping point is typically in your results. So we look at the tipping point as you spend X amount of dollars to generate a lead or generate a sale, and that's typically cost, called the cost per lead or the cost per acquisition. And then you have your average order value. How much is each lead worth for you? Or, you know, your average lead value and your average order value. How much is each lead worth to you? And how much is each customer worth to you? And that tipping point is when your average order value or average lead value exceeds your cost per acquisition. And that's basically your point to start scaling. And then you work to optimize to spread that gap, you know, lowering your cost per acquisition and increasing your order value to make your company more profitable. Hmm. Suppose somebody uh, listen. I got a lot of um, small business owners that listen to this program, and um, if they weren't able to uh, necessarily hire a company like yours or work with someone like yourself, um, what would maybe be the top three things you'd suggest they do? To obviously, you don't know much about their business in this hypothetical. But what would be th- what would be three things that any person looking to drive more eyeballs to their website? What would what would you suggest? Uh, eyeballs are getting more out of the eyeballs. Well, yeah, I guess it starts with eyeballs, but then obviously conversion is what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, traffic is in my book is I for lack of better terms, the easier part. Um, you can go and buy it. Um, there is obviously a science to that side. It's where people don't necessarily pay the most attention to is their optimization. And even large companies with multiple millions of dollars in budget for advertising, don't pay attention to their optimization. So the biggest things that I could say are, in probably the biggest impact of all the tests we've ever ran, is your headline. You know, we've seen 125, 150% improvements in some cases by just changing a headline. Wow. So leading with a strong benefit-driven headline in typically 16 words or less. So you have very short attention span. You need to capture that attention very quickly. So here's who we are, here's what we do, and here's how it's going to benefit you in a very limited space. Um, so the better you can be at that, the better you're going to be off on your online marketing. Um, the other thing would be probably make sure that you have strict congruency from your ad all the way through on your site and all the way through the process. So I've seen it far too many times. I, I was looking for some embroidery. So I have an actual real-world example from recently. I was looking for some embroidery. I was browsing a lot of sites. I started getting ads, of course, um, seeing ads for them uh, because of retargeting. And I saw this ad. It's like 50% off your first order, you know, just click here, whatever, so I click through, and when I got on the landing page, it had nothing to do with 50% off. It actually had something that said 35% off and didn't really tell me how to redeem the coupon or, you know, get that discount. It just was a complete mismatch on what the ad was was saying. So just making sure that you have that congruent message and you're going to get cheaper traffic and you're going to get more results if you have a consistent congruent message all the way through. So you're highlighting the main benefits on your ad, 
and you're carrying that over to the landing page so they see a very similar type of sale that's expanded. That is such a turnoff, man. I, you know, I call it a complete disconnect, and I, I think you're right. And I, I don't know if you said three seconds. If I go to a page and I don't see what I long, man, I am gone. <laughs> Which sometimes, mm -hmm. if my wife and I are looking at something together, and I, I, I can scan so freaking quick because it's what I do. Mm -hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I didn't even see. I didn't even see the first. I said, "There's nothing there. We're moving on." You know, mm -hmm. you really, you really gotta. Oh man, you've got to grab somebody very, very fast. Yeah, you do, and. I think the, probably the third point of that is making it very obvious what the next step is. Mm -hmm. So many people come in there and they just assume that somebody knows what the next step is. Their add to cart button is blended in with the rest of the color scheme on the site, or they have a form and they're not telling people to fill out the form. You know, you can't assume anything in marketing, and you have to tell your visitors. Um, you know, just play dumb basically that you think that they don't know what they're doing and just hold them by the hand and walk them through your process on where you want them to go. And you can do that through color schemes, through wording, through making things stand out a little bit different, but just really putting that emphasis and carrying that over throughout the entire process. Cool. Hey, congratulations with the book. I'm 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 excited for you. It sounds like a real uh, a real solid read. How can uh, my listeners learn more about you, maybe get a copy? Uh, you can find out most information about me and Conversion Fanatics by going to conversionfanatics.com. That's plural. Um, you can find information about the book there. It's on Amazon, but I've got links on the site that are pretty easy to find. And then you can find me on social pretty much anywhere uh, going to clickso, C-L-Y-X-O.com slash Justin Christensen, all one word. What is clickso? That's new to me. Um, it's a great tool a friend of mine, uh, Ryan Stuman, came out with for basically that same thing. We've got so many links and our email signatures are so filled up with stuff. You know, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter. And so he created basically a free platform that allows you to create a profile that lists all of your different channels, your email address, your phone number, your Skype information, everything all listed on just one simple profile and Very one cool. link so everybody can find you on there. So to use that for everything. I'm going to have to check that out. Justin, thanks a lot, man. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate it, Jim. Thanks for having me. Okay, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with Justin Christensen. Stick Like Glue Radio, remember, it's the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio next week. Until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Hey, go out there and do something nice for somebody today. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. 
If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.